0: They're more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. And then there's a little bit of Psalm 19 that I've memorized that I often pray before I speak. It says, keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. So shall I be upright and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. You are what you eat. You've heard that phrase, haven't you? I'll let you read the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to start this with a thing that I've done for school assemblies, but to be honest with you, I would have only been sick. It's this thing that I've done in school assemblies where you get like um, stewing steak and you put a dog food wrapper on it and then you're just eating, it looks like you're eating dog food or you have like a box with um, cereal in it, muesli, but it's, it's in a cat food box and eating that and basically saying to the kids, you know what, I'm really sorry I picked up the wrong thing but it doesn't matter what you eat as long as you eat something. And he said, no, "No, no, it's true, isn't it? You know, It doesn't matter what you eat, as long as you eat something. And the point behind that is that actually, very often, not just kids, but all of us get fed with this idea, this kind of total relativism thing, that it doesn't matter what you believe. As long as you believe something, as long as you've got a belief in something, then your belief's as good as anybody else's belief. What matters is that you're sincere. We've heard that, haven't we? You know, as long as somebody's sincere, who am I to say that you're, you know, if you're sincere about it, you're sincere about it, who am I to say whether that's right or wrong? But actually, you can be sincerely wrong, can't you? You can be, you know, there's all kinds of things that I have in the past used to think and used to believe that now I've realised looking back, I was totally wrong about those things. So we can be sincerely wrong. Of course it matters what you feed your body with. And it matters what you feed your mind and your soul and your spirit with. Tonight, I'm going to talk about a great way that you can feed your spirit through what I call transformational Bible study. So if, as we're looking at this stuff to do with the Bible, you're like somebody, I just did a a, um, a seminar on Spring uh, Spring Harvest uh, about how to get the most out of your Bible and had a lady immediately at the end come up just saying that was really helpful because she said, I I just read my Bible sometimes, but I never really get much out of it. And... um, how do, we, how do we get out of this book, what God has put in it for us? Because we don't just want to read, we want to feed. Um, we want this to feed us. And you know, physically, it's true. You literally are what you eat. They say about every seven years, all your cells get replaced. And what do they get replaced by? Well, the cells are being made back up by what we eat, aren't they? So, you know, basically, you know, if I was going to get really technical with you at the subatomic level, we're all made of protons and neutrons and croutons. (laughs) And God puts all of this stuff inside of us to keep us healthy and to make us strong. And he gives us warning signs when we eat what we're not designed to eat or what is wrong for our bodies. Like that will perhaps make us feel bloated. Or, or he'll, he'll give us warning signs that now you need to eat. You know, hunger pangs. They will be there to make us go, actually, ugh, I better, better eat. I better eat now. So take a good look at what you're putting on your plate because it's becoming part of you. It's making you. Uh, you know, if you want to look like Colin the caterpillar cake... It matters what we're putting into our bodies. Quality food helps a quality life. It really does matter to us. It makes a huge difference in terms of your life, in terms of your energy, in all kinds of, of ways that food matters, what we consume. And we know that matters even if we're not very good at it. We know it's true. We know it matters what we feed our bodies with. And we're in this series called Sweet, and the theme comes from a line from the writer of Psalm 119, who said, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And when he wrote that, that guy who wrote that, he didn't even have all the Bible that we have. He only had probably about five books, the first five books. And yet he was just going on about how amazing God's word was. And he wrote 176 verses about how great God's word is because he valued it that much. He says he loves God's word that much. How much do we really love God's word? How precious is the Bible to you honestly? Is it something that you, you long for or do we get full of other things? See, all kinds of things that I see people in our culture and myself clamor for are not that you know if I could I could have shown you on videos we all we've all seen it so you don't really need to the like the, you know Black Friday sales or Ikea sales and where you end up with people fighting for or, or queuing up for days outside the Apple shop for the latest greatest new phone or whatever it is and all these things that we we fight over but let me show you this video which is from uh, China um, where obviously it's been very difficult, especially in the underground church, for people to be able to have access to the Bible. And this is what happens in China when these believers were, were given the Bible. It's not a very good quality video, I'm afraid, but it'll uh, do the job. hit <laughs> you. 我买过了 woman it was translated and I think she says we, we have everything we need now that's what she says when she gets that it's like we have everything that we need this is all we need like they've got the greatest treasure they've got the feast now that they've got the bible for themselves they've got the whole bible they can read it all they're like this is the greatest treasure that we ever were given and because they know now they've got no matter what they go through they've got something that's going to nourish them they've got something that's going to feed them that's going to strengthen them and help them and there's ways that we have to get out of the Bible, the truth that God has put inside of it to help us and sustain it. And that's, you know, if it, isn't, if it hasn't become precious to you, maybe it's because you've not learned how to feed off it properly. And there are stages to go through, and we've been looking at in this series, and and today we're going to look at how you digest the Word of God, because there's like a digestion process for food, and in the same way there's a digestion process for us spiritually too, for the the truth of the Word to be broken down in such a way that it goes into our spirits and into our, uh, its wisdom becomes part of us, and its power becomes part of us. So now we can overcome the challenges that we face, because the truth is we are what we eat spiritually as well. Some people are swallowing lies about themselves and about the world and about God every single day. And then they're wondering why it's not working. They're they're wondering why they're so stressed out and they've got all kinds of, but they're they're feeding off lies. You're letting the words, the other, other words, words that have been spoken over you have more power than the word of God that he's speaking to you in this book. And if you believe the lies, you empower the liar. If you believe the truth, you empower God to be able to speak more truth into your life. But if you empower the liar, you give the devil license to kill, steal and destroy. When you believe the truth in this book and digest it you become powerful like it is powerful because the truth sets you free. Mm. Psalm 119 verse 11 says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Listen, this is saying that there's power in the word of God. It It doesn't claim that Christians will ever be sinless, but there's something about the Bible that as you read it, you'll sin less. There's a power inside of us to be able to resist temptation. To not live the way that we used to live or the way that everybody else lives because we digested this truth and it's changed me from the inside out. This little thing probably will not be precious to many people, but it's very precious to me because it was given to me. It's actually from Korea and it was given to me by a tiny little lady that I met twice at Spring Harvest once. It was a brilliant thing in Spring Harvest, by the way. If you missed out, we kept telling you, you should come. It was brilliant. It was Awesomely brilliant. Har- Harrogate was amazing. Mindhead was amazing. Please come next year. Don't miss out. It was fantastic. Anybody who was there? Yes. It was awesome. It was amazing. It was brilliant. I want you to feel like I missed out if you could have gone there. So that next time you won't miss out. Yeah. Come on. This tiny little lady called Haywoo um, prayed for me and... And you could just feel the power of this lady. Everything that she said was translated. But she's been through a North Korean death camp. She's seen her daughter of 27 die of starvation. Her husband tortured and, and killed. Um, and she spent many years in these uh, concentration camp, which North Korea is full of. And, um, and she had so much to share as she shared her testimony she was interviewed by Eddie Lyle and the guys from Open Doors so I just wanted you to show a little video she gave me this everywhere she went she just went around giving things to people and this is what she had these little coffee things she gave me one of these so that's mine you can't have it (laughs) and um, I just want to show you this video though that Open Doors made a little bit about her life again it was such an impactful thing I can't do it justice but you can watch the video So Open Doors is an amazing organisation. If you don't know about them, I encourage you to find out about them and support them in any way you can. And they they started, a guy called Brother Andrew, um, smuggling Bibles across the Iron Curtain many years ago. And that's how it got started. It's a great story, God's Smuggler, his book. It's one of the first Christian books I read. And uh, it showed me the adventure of what faith really can be about. But I was was listening to this and listening to Hey Wu and thinking actually she smuggled a Bible into a death camp. And she used it to bring life to others. She really did that. And they, they would have searched her, but she smuggled the Bible in. How? How did she do it? She'd hidden the word in her heart. Psalm 119, like one verse we're going to memorise today. She, she's memorised the whole of Psalm 119. One hundred and seventeen verses, as, many, as well as many other portions of Scripture. It's in here. It's in her. It's not just in here or on here. It's in here because there's a difference between reading and feeding. Hey, Wu hid that that verse from that Psalm twenty-three where nobody could find it but her. She hid it. Where no x ray could find it, but she could never lose it. There's a world of difference between reading the Word of God and feeding off the Word of God. One is about information, the other is about transformation. Can I ask, how much of the Word have you hidden in your heart? Have you memorized Scripture? You say, well, I can't do that. You can remember the words of songs. You can memorize anything. It's about wanting to. It's about making a decision. Actually, this is precious to me. This is, more, this is better than honey and gold. This is sweeter than that. How, have you memorized much scripture? It's a discipline, I believe, that every Christian should practice. How do you do it? One verse at a time. One word at a time, one verse at a time. Let's memorize just that one verse. Should we start with that one? Yeah? Ready? Let's say it. Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 11. It's sometimes good to say the verse, put the address on, remember it with the address so you can find it, and put it front and back. Ready? Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 11. Let's take a few words out. Psalm 119, verse Verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, it's annoying to me sometimes that adult Christians don't memorise as much Bible as as they tell their kids to. Some of our kids in this church know more Bible than the adults do. There's something wrong with that picture. We're supposed to hide this in our hearts. Let's uh, see, I want to encourage everybody at Ivy, because what we try and do to encourage people to get the Bible. I was talking to Lawrence, my son-in-law, about this, and he was saying, you know, we we kind of we encourage you by making it easy. We say, Oh, just download it on your app. Get the YouVersion version thing on here. Or, or you know, if you haven't got a Bible, come and talk to us, we'll give you a Bible. But in a way, what sometimes what we're doing is we're kind of cheapening how. How amazing it is by its availability to us. It's not, it's not, you know, it's precious. Things are precious when they're rare, when they're costly. When they're, and, and for us, it's, it can become commonplace. You know, we even put the passages up on the screen and say, you know, so you don't have to bother yourself by opening a real Bible and having a look at it. But what if, you know, I just read this week in the news that in China they're clamping down even more on Bibles in that country. Um, they're stopping it being sold in various outlets. What if, just for argument's sake, there was no app? There was no screen. There was no Bible on the shelf or wherever it is that you go and take it down. What if the only, what if you found yourself in the place, in a position where the only Bible you had access to was what was already in your heart? How, much would, how big would that volume be? How many pages? Is, is it a page? How much is there? Honestly. How much have you hidden in your heart where the Holy Spirit can get to it? Because the Holy Spirit said, when, I, when, I, when Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll bring to remembrance the things that I've taught you. How can the Holy Spirit bring to remembrance for you what Jesus wants you to know? Unless you're hiding it in your heart. Unless you're letting it go deep into your heart. Right at the start of the Bible, we open it up and we read that God's word was used to create everything. Everything came from God's word. We need the power of God's word... To hold our lives together, whatever we go through. If you look at uh, how this worked for Jesus, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they'll lift you up in their hands so you will not strike your foot against stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I'll give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. So much I could pull out of that passage and I've preached on it many times. You've probably heard lots of sermons on it. But I just want to point out really quickly in the time I've got left that three times Jesus is tempted by the enemy. Three times his counterpunch... Is scripture. Now, do you think he had that with him in the desert? No? Do you think he had the app? No? Do you think he had, you know, which version of the Bible would he have had? Was it the, the message version? Or was it the, like the, the, I know more than you student study edition with, with maps in the back and tabs and a fish on the front? No. He didn't. He didn't have any of that. He had nothing in his pockets. Nothing in his stomach but he was full in his heart his heart was full and our problem so often is that we're full in our stomachs and empty in our hearts because we're not filled our hearts with the word of God that will sustain us and strengthen us no matter what we go through man shall not live by bread alone but we fill up on bread and not on the word of God he he comes with that and this is his defence and his attack it's like you know wah 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 it's like this power-packed dynamite. This is the sword. You know, the Bible talks about this in Hebrews. It says this is the sword. This is the sword of the spirit. This is a weapon. I was in here once years ago. We had a prayer meeting. A guy called Isaac, who's a friend of mine, a pastor from North Manchester. He said he saw me standing here. And he said he saw as I was standing there. like that. God had given me this long sword. And it was just growing and growing, this massive sword. Do you know what the sword is? It's the word of God. How do you grow that? You've got to read it. You've got to feed on it. You grow your sword. Nobody else can grow your sword, only you. It. Nobody can do this for you. You know. And listen, you're not going to scare hell with a toothpick. If that's all we've got. A little bit. One verse. or Are we reading one of those things every day? You've got somebody else's you've got a verse then you've got somebody else's thoughts about it we need to learn to read the Bible for ourselves and feed off the Bible for ourselves we're going to go into a series quite soon I'll scare you now where that's what we're going to do every week five weeks no preach you're going to be the preachers I'm not going to tell you what week because you might decide not to come (laughs) but it's so that we become self feeders on the word of God does that sound exciting? That's what I think we should be about. See, the winning words, it is written. Not, I think, or, or is, is, no, it's, it is written. The liar can't argue with that truth. That's the sword that wins every single time. And actually, Jesus doesn't just know it is written, because the devil knows it's written, but he comes back with, ah, it's also written. You don't just want to know what's written, you want to also know what is also written and we get this and it's over time my call to ministry was a call to the word of God um, I was I was in the police John who came up earlier and sampled the honey had just, had just um, he was my partner in the police and he'd just been um, he'd just become a sergeant well, he'd just passed the exam to become a sergeant and then go on and be an inspector as soon as he stopped working with me he flew through the ranks I don't know what was going on there but <laughs> but but um, <laughs> uh, But he said, he was going to give me this book called The Manual of Guidance, which is like this thick. We had to pretty much memorise to pass all those examinations. And he said he'd he'd give me that book. So I was like, oh great, I'm going to go and be a sergeant inspector. I sat in the bath, try not to picture this, and, and I'm praying in the bath. And I'm like, God, bless my plan. Who's ever prayed that prayer? I want to be a sergeant or an inspector, please bless my plan and help me to be able to study the manual of guidance and memorise all that stuff that I'm not really interested in but help me get through it and then I went into the bedroom and literally this is a weird thing but God was in the room It was like a powerful sense of the tangible presence of God in that bedroom, in our little house in Glossop. And I crawled to the side of the bed and I put my head on the bed and I didn't know what was going on, but I just knew to pray. And next to my bed, there was a Bible and another book by a guy called Billy Graham called Approaching Hoofbeats. And after a few minutes, I knew I should open this book. And as I opened this book and read it, these words went, it said, he was instead to devote himself to the study of God's word. Then God would show him what he wanted him to do. And it was like, God was giving me this clear choice in terms of how much he was going to use me. He really was. And it was like, will you devote yourself with the same measure of passion and energy that you would devote yourself to promotion in that system, to learn and study that book, will you instead put the same amount of energy and effort and passion into studying God's book? Because if I do, God will show me what he wants me to do. I made a decision that day. And actually, I, I, I made a commitment, not just a decision. And I decided I would read the Bible every day. No matter what, I was on three shifts. Tw- often, sometimes 12-hour shifts. Before I went to sleep, I would read 12 chapters of the Bible every single day. And I did it for years. And, over the, and when I went to theological college and there were people telling me all kinds of things that were wrong about what is written, it was so good to be able to say, you know what, it's also written. And that prepared me for that, prepared me for this. Because that's how God uses us. So want to elevate in this year of prayer the importance of scripture. For every single one of us. It is written. Where can I find answers? It is written. Where can I find answers for my marriage? It is written. Where can I find answers for my parenting? It is written. Where can I find wisdom? It is written. It's here. God's written it. You don't need... A voice. Christians are waiting for a voice. You've got a verse. You know we've got, we, we've got access to God's wisdom every single day, and we don't, we're not—I'm not—very often digging into the the wealth of life-transforming truth that Scripture's got. But I want to do it more and more this year. So. Sweet. Sweet. shall we stand up and pray. Lord, thank you that your word to us is a sweet word. Sometimes, like um, when the Apostle John took your word, he says that he swallowed it and it went inside of him and it was sweet in his mouth and then it kind of went sour in his stomach. And I pray that this word would be like that for some people today. That for, for speaking to myself here, that there'd be a challenge here about how much I really value your word and how much I recognise its value. That it is the, the most important message ever written in any book, in any language, to any people. It's the most precious book. People have shed blood for it, been burnt at the stake for it. People have risked their lives and given their lives so that we could know about how you gave it all for us and about how your story, your true story, can change my story today as well as changing history. So Lord, I pray that you'd help me to value your word more and more. Just give me a love for your word, a supernatural desire. Increase the supernatural desire. The people, your children in this room, Lord, we're sorry that we fill our hearts and our stomachs with so many other things. And our minds and all that. Lord, give us a a desire to not just live by bread alone, but to to feed off every word that you've got for us. Because that ultimately will sustain us and last us forever. In Jesus' name, amen.